Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. So we've got an earth-friendly episode uh, today, uh, still very much focused on... Uh, uh, IoT. Uh, I'm going to be talking with Oli Smeg, who is the co-CEO at Sodak. Uh, Sodak are based in the Netherlands. They are an IoT device company that are focusing on sustainable devices using uh, uh, supercapacitors, uh, energy harvesting, uh, solar energy to light up the edge. And he's got a great perspective on how that can help profit and planet um, and certainly opened my ideas to some design patterns that uh, we've been thinking about uh, here and uh, hopefully you will too. So um, enjoy this uh, earth-friendly IoT episode. The Mr. Beacon podcast is sponsored by Williot, intelligence for everyday things powered by IoT Pixels. Oli, uh, thanks uh, very much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm, uh, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, I, I was uh, very interested in your obvious passion for the environment. So, uh, you know, I th I'm thinking this conversation will be themed around sustainability and IoT, which I think is super important. We're uh, both sitting here with Europe being ravaged by just bizarrely high temperatures and uh you know, I was dri driving up to San Francisco from San Diego when we were hitting uh, 106 and just uh, degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And that was just uh, felt like not, not, not good. So uh, that's the backdrop to our conversation. Um, let's start off with just introduce us to your company. Uh, what, what, what do you do? So uh, Sodec is a company uh, uh, based out of Hilversum, town near Amsterdam in the Netherlands. We... Uh, um, yeah, we're a very hardware-focused company within the space of IoT. So uh, for the past uh, nine years, we've done over 250 different uh, engineering projects, building products either for ourselves or for our clients, um, mainly focused on uh, tracking and sensing applications. Uh, we really have a focus on low power and making devices uh, autonomous so either operating by uh, solar power or another form of energy harvesting um, and uh, also very of course closely related to Williot um, and and that's how we we, we found you guys um, we uh, yeah we have basically 
uh, a specific model in which we work, whereby we we, we basically build the IP uh, around, uh, especially now, uh, asset tracking. Uh, with our clients, develop new features, and then you know make those available uh, in our product range. And uh, the last uh, two years or so have been really focused on really becoming more of uh, a balanced company between projects and products, uh, growing especially the the projects part. And uh, yeah, really proud of doing asset tracking for, for example, Krona, which is the largest trailer uh, truck trailer manufacturer in, in in Europe, and that's just one key client that's now rolling out every single trailer of a few different types with our trackers on them. So uh, uh, that's a bit about us. Great. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, maybe just a bit about the the size of the company. So we're with uh, we're mm-hmm. with forty staff, of which approximately half are uh, em, you know embedded hardware and software and industrial design engineers. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're very engineering heavy, and uh, in our collaborations, we really you know work closely with companies that are more focused on data analysis or on uh, uh, you know a specific vertical. Uh, where we, you know, take away the the struggles uh, that come with hardware. This is great. I, I need to put you in touch with our um, engineering team. Um, you know, we're looking at IoT, and uh, we have these tiny postage stamp sized computer uh, devices. But people can kind of think of, oh, okay, job done. But that's really not the case. It's all about uh, the link to the cloud, the edge. Um, uh, and I think increasingly we need standards and ways of collaborating so that um, uh, the software, you know, it's equally important to have really great software running on the edge. And uh, especially when you go to uh, millions, billions, trillions of devices, you can't just do it on the in the cloud and do it on the tag. You need to have software that's regulating the flow uh, and being intelligent about forwarding to the cloud. Otherwise, the cloud costs just go through the roof. And so, you know, I'm really hoping to see standards emerge in that area. Um, you know, the folks, uh, we've got uh, um, 6G is on the horizon, and I'm uh, hoping that that starts to uh, make all of our lives uh, easier by introducing some some new standards. But I'm kind of veering off the topic, but I was excited to hear what you're doing. So, you know, why do you need to develop? Why do we need more devices? Don't we have enough devices? Uh, what, what are the gaps in the market that uh, uh, Sodak is uh, filling? So on the, on, on the first, uh, you know, the, the, the first thing I think of when, when you ask that question is um, the fact that if you make a device with a with a battery, for example, I mean, as you guys know as well, um, then there's battery replacement required, which brings along certain operational costs. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when you look at many use cases that are out in the open, uh, where you have cellular connectivity or let's say proprietary standard like LoRaWAN, or even Bluetooth, then if if you attach a solar panel to to a to a to a device, you can have a device that, uh, especially when using supercapacitors, which is something that we're doing as well, you can have a device that lasts pretty much forever, um, and uh, this significantly brings down the operational costs, and I think finally could be the breakthrough uh, for many use cases that were previously cost inhibitive. Um, so, uh, I think that's the main thing. Um, and besides that, 
we are able to do more and more with the available processing power uh, within that little amount of energy that we we want to use. So there's a continuous you know possibility to improve software and add things like you know machine learning on the device, pattern recognition, and 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 using tools to basically get data out of your device you didn't know you could get before, and then. Uh, lastly, in the material use, there is going to be an endless opportunity for improvement. So right now we still use plastics, we still use FR4 materials. Those should not be used in the future if we're looking at, let's say, trillions of devices. And so uh, we're we're innovating with our clients, especially the ones that are aware of, uh, um, you know, what uh, uh, strain we're having on the environment. That's cool. So you talked about supercapacitors what is a supercapacitor so rather than a uh, battery storage which is more of a chemical process of of storing and and releasing energy where we're uh, which for example is found in the lithium batteries in your in your smartphone uh, we're using hybrid capacitors which uh, uh, in some cases use lithium some cases use graphene which store them in in more of a let's say metallic way uh, and 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 that way not deteriorating in quality over time, and so the 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 market doesn't know about them sufficiently yet. But once we reach those volumes, actually they could compete in price with with lithium batteries, and the technology is developing in such a way that the energy density is actually starting to 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 get close to lithium batteries as well. So uh, it's a no brainer. What uh, sort of capacity can you have in a supercapacitor? I mean, we have capacitors like on our chip, we have capacitors. So capacitors can be very small. How big can they get? So I can actually show you one. Uh, I'll, I'll just bring in this device here. What you see inside yeah. here is, uh, oh, I, I see. I see this one's actually missing the, the supercapacitor. <laughs> That's okay. a little bit disappointing, but... Um, Basically, what you'll see in like a like a typical uh, sort of just slightly larger than double A battery uh, is that you can uh, you can store uh, you know somewhere around the equivalent of of uh, three thousand milliampere hours um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that's that's uh, uh, starting to 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 replace uh, similar sized uh, batteries. Uh, and what was that device that we got a glimpse of there? So actually, this is uh, our, our first commercially launched product with uh, supercapacitor. So this is a, uh-huh. uh, a solar-powered uh, device that measures on millimeter accuracy the position in 3D on construction sites. And so okay. because they're always outside, there's plenty of sunlight and, and power available. And we mm. use these to predict... Uh, when depositing sand, for example, for a foundation on a building site or when building a bridge, uh, how quick the sand is sinking. And uh, in that way, we can predict months in advance when a building project can start, saving costs on, let's say, uh, permits and, 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 and renting equipment and everything. So, and also automating the process where you traditionally would see people with uh, those lasers or, or those tripods with the, the cameras. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. We've we've basically digitalized that uh, along with one of our data analysis partners. Uh, and what is the positioning technology that you use to do that? So we're using a combination of a GPS and uh, post-processing in the cloud um, and national models of, of, of GPS. So it's like a raw GPS format whereby you can actually using the timings and the and the and and the the other data coming in from the GPS. 
uh, and knowing some fixed points in the surroundings actually detect much more accurately uh, changes in, in position. Amazing. So what sort of accuracy are we talking about? It's, uh, it's, it's three millimeters uh, in, uh, in X and Y and five millimeters in, in Z. So um, basically, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not comparable to, to traditional GPS. No. Um, and you talked earlier about trailers. Uh, that's something that I'm really interested in. We've recently been deploying um, IoT pixels, these tags in uh, inside uh, cooler trailers. Uh, they go on produce. And um, you know, I think there's huge environmental opportunities to um, reduce waste in uh, perishable products. Uh, and part of it is measuring the flow and normally you know you'd expect a first in first out even flow of products uh, on the way from the farm to the store and we found out that's actually not the case and you know who knew uh, it, it's uh, it, until you actually start tagging individual crates and items then uh, there's anecdotal evidence but there's no data to really see that and uh, so we're starting to see that and the other thing that we've started to see is that within a uh, a cooled trailer, the, 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 there are microclimates that vary really significantly. And so you can have like bananas at the front will be frozen. In the middle, they'll be at the right temperature, cooled, other cooled products that should be kept at a certain uh, temperature can be too warm. And then, you know, that can result in all sorts of health problems. So anyway, the long and the short of it is having uh, devices that can establishing established communications within a trailer and outside a trailer, I think, are, are really, uh, really valuable. So is that the kind of thing that you're doing? Or what are you doing with trailers? So I'll make a little little rotation here. So you'll, you'll see this device that's right here. It's the same solar mm -hmm. panel as on the other device that I just showed. And so this mm -hmm. this unit actually goes on the on the top of a, a trailer. And uh, it, it communicates its position and, and uh, it communicates whenever it has any slight motion, you know, temperature mm -hmm. inside. Uh, but also, very importantly, it can actually receive signals from Bluetooth uh, tags. Uh, so, you know, where you would in, in, in some of our use cases, we would, for example, have that when a trailer is entering the warehouse and you, mm -hmm. let's say, have 10 of those warehouse slots, there will be beacons on each uh, warehouse slot and we'll detect which warehouse slot, which trailer has entered. And you'll be surprised uh, how, you know, many companies don't even know where their trailers are, you know, on, on, on that scale. These are big things, uh, but who knew you could lose them? But apparently you can. So, so you know, the, 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 they would call what you would call the horse or the, let's say, the, the, the driving part of the vehicle has tracking capabilities inside. But then a piece of paper somewhere or an app uh, where someone has to manually fill something in, links the trailer to it. And so, mm -hmm. you know, our clients are not accepting, uh, or the clients of our client, Krona, are not accepting any longer to have trailers without actually tracking functionality built in. That is interesting. So, I mean, I don't know how many trailers there are in in, in the, in the uh, world, uh, containers and trailers. Uh, there must be there, there's, millions. There's millions. Um, just for this product alone, I think uh, in, 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 there's, there's something like 15,000 uh, trailers being produced uh, on a yearly basis of, of, of mm -hmm. one you know, specific type that they have. 
Um, mm. So you can imagine that that one company alone is doing uh, maybe 100,000 trailers a year. So it's, it's significant. Mm -hmm. uh, very good. And so what proportion of the trailers in the world do you think are online? And what's the, you know, uh, how far have we got in this evolution? I'm guessing we're in the early stages. Definitely, yeah. So I would say not even a, a, a tenth of a percent. I think that would even be outrageously high. So uh, um, yeah, ways to go. But for that, for us, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's an incredible opportunity. Um, uh, and I, I am really uh, glad that we're talking because this is uh, an important part of it. We're starting to uh, tag things in the field and in the distribution center and in the, in the store. But there's the, um, you know, the, there's the journey in between, which is uh, uh, super challenging. And it sounds like you've got some technology that will... Um, that will fill that gap. Um, any other, um, you know, what are the other kinds of projects that you've been working on to add connectivity? I think most interestingly, uh, we've we've recently started scaling up uh, what you would call the monitoring of ground support equipment on on airports. So uh, as you've been seeing probably that uh, because of COVID, there was a period of having to uh, let go of staff on airports and now the traffic mm -hmm. has picked up. And so uh, airports can't keep up with where all the stuff around the airport is moving. Uh, and also they cannot afford to purchase so many additional trolleys and, and containers and cargo containers and such. Uh, so what we're doing is together with one of our data analysis partners, we actually uh, helping uh, transportation and logistics companies that you know do air freight uh, as well as the airports themselves to monitor all the equipment and and to uh, advise them on how to more efficiently plan the routes so going from point a to b to c or going straight from a to c and then to b what is the most time efficient uh, even if that saves a, a few minutes can lead to uh, millions of euros on on an annual basis for uh, for for an airport. Yeah, I look at. I mean, there are staff shortages everywhere, um, for, and we can we won't get into why there are staff shortages, but there uh, there surely are. Um, and it seems like we're wasting so much time trying to find things. Uh, and if we can optimize that, then uh, everyone's going to be a lot happier. I I'm, spend a week with an old college friend and. Uh, it took him three days to get his bags after his trip from uh, um, London to uh, San Francisco. And uh, it just seemed like there's chaos going on at the moment in the, uh, in, in the handling of cargo. Definitely. And something that technology can definitely solve. Um, and there, there's also, you know, some, some dream projects, let's say, uh, that we're trying to find innovative solutions for. So uh, there's this uh, kind of type of container called an IBC, uh, which is basically, uh, it holds liquid. Uh, it's about a, a one by one by one meter uh, container with a metal frame mm -hmm. around it and a plastic uh, liquid container in the middle. Now there's companies that are producing millions of these containers on an annual basis, shipping them to their clients and not bringing them back because the value of bringing that container back is lower than the cost of, of finding it and transporting it. And so what we've done is we've actually made a, a version of our tracker with a radar module that, that can detect the fill level of those containers. And by mm -hmm. adding that you know marketing element 
to our client that they can tell their client, your product is almost empty, you want to buy a new uh, or you want to get a new set, then we can actually activate that client to uh, start tracking and then getting the reverse logistics will be worth it because they will know where it is. At least that searching part will be will be removed. Yeah, that's fascinating because we see the same pattern only on a you know a microscopic scale. We're looking at the containers in people's pantries and being able to instrument those. And uh, you know this is where economics and sustainability can converge. I think you can enable whole new business models, uh, subscription business models, uh, uh, which uh, can be a lot more efficient. And uh, if we can make reusable containers, whether they're these massive containers for liquid that you were describing or small uh, containers for soap and herbs and spices and all these things, if we can bring intelligence to them, then I think uh, that it will support uh, an economic model that... uh, uh, will reduce waste and be more efficient. And uh, uh, so I, I'm so pleased that you're doing this work because it makes me uh, more hopeful about uh, solving these massive problems that, uh, uh, that we have. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, what is your business model? Uh, how do you how do you make money? Uh, what we uh, originally came from was mainly uh, custom developments for uh, our clients. So uh, a company would come to us, for example, this is a really cool one. Uh, it's a, mm-hmm. a Dutch company that wanted to track cattle and it's a solar powered ear tag basically for cows. We don't, we don't sell those, but we, we were requested to develop it. So we're the development house, let's say. Now that's on, a, on, a, on an hourly uh, basis. We, we get paid for the engineering work we do. Second model is we have our, our tracking solutions, the products we've built uh, for mainly for asset tracking, and those we're actually selling. And then uh, we have a, a, yeah, a, a model also on an annual basis you know, for the, the data and, and the uh, um, uh, support. Okay, so we're pretty, uh, pretty well-rounded. That's great. Um, so anything else that we should uh, cover? You're doing a, a, a lot. Um, um, and I like the uh, um, look into the future. Any, uh, wh- where do you see all of this going? What, uh, what, what gets you excited about the future? So what gets me most excited is actually the 
uh, impact reporting that uh, um, we're starting to do for our clients. So really connecting uh, that uh, deployment of IoT to the cost savings and environmental savings and, and, and then you know, motivating more companies to do the same. And like you said, the economics and the sustainability will go hand in hand. Um, I, I also wore this sweater. This is our very proud... Uh, World-friendly IoT. That's Fantastic. A, that's our, our, our tagline. So we're really, really focused on, on that. Um, and we're expanding our team and really strengthening the team to be able to make that possible. Um, but uh, I think in terms of products that we're most excited about, you may have heard some things about these uh, smart labels that we, uh, we, we've been developing. Uh, so these are actually cellular connected uh, with, with printed batteries and uh, antennas and, and seals that, that you, know, you can place on the seam of a box. Um, so this is something that we're you know, really pushing at the moment because we see that uh, yeah, costs are, of course, for many use cases inhibitive. And uh, this will describe that because a lot of people will be listening to this and can't see what you're holding. But it's uh, like like, uh, uh, the size of a a letter. Um, It's kind of a sheet which has a couple of uh, um, uh, large panels. So those are are those the printed batteries. What are those things? Correct. So the majority of the size of the product uh, in, let's say, length and width. Uh, are the the printed battery but the advantage of this printed battery is that if you view it from the side it's paper thin so it's it's actually printed it like like a book would be printed in layers yes um and this is these are the first this is the first basically uh, uh type of battery that uh, can support cellular connectivity which requires quite a high peak current um and we've basically engineered uh the the hardware this is an already an older version um to to uh, be able to use so little power that we can actually use printed batteries. And how long will that last? So uh, this will do about uh, 500 uh, messages. So um, we okay. and and what's really important for 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 this is that we're creating a model whereby the the product can actually be uh, sent back. So. Uh, here you're just seeing the core electronics, but the whole product will have multiple layers, which can be taken apart, and, and uh, the reverse logistics of getting the product back and recycling the the battery and 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 reusing the electronics for a new one um, is is something that we're we're all setting up. Very interesting, and we're doing something similar. Um, you know, we're battery-free Bluetooth. That's for sure our core and where we'll always be. But we have been working with printed batteries and announced something recently, which is the size of a business card, which will last four years and broadcast um, a unique ID. And uh, so I can see some interesting uh, synergies there. You you take a a Bluetooth system on chip that's super efficient and you can have a tiny battery that uh, lasts uh, really a long time and, and drives the cost down to hopefully one day it'll be like a dollar for for this uh, thing, and uh, you won't have to worry about whether you can harvest energy or not. Uh, to be clear, I, I think that's going to be 
I think it could be super disruptive, but I think the battery free is still where it's at. And that's where we'll see the major volume in what we um, do. I want to go back to something that you, I think you were touching on, uh, just make it a bit, uh, double click on it. Um, do you see uh, opportunities to measure carbon, uh, you know, the carbon footprint of products? Uh, maybe I was over reading what you were saying, but uh, uh, this is something that I think is a really interesting area where, you know, a lot of the carbon footprint um, accounting that is done for products is kind of modeled and it's theoretical. And where I'm interested in uh, things going is actually measuring actual uh, carbon footprint for uh, assets and products as they move around. Uh, are you seeing anything in that area? Definitely. So when I was referring to the impact uh, reporting and the impact analysis mm -hmm. we do, we in the first point, we look at a balance, right? So we're actually creating electronics, which has a, a negative environmental impact. And the this negative environmental impact needs to, of course, be massively outweighed by the positive impact that we're having by, for example, uh, a, a, a tank container filled with, let's say, uh, a certain liquid going from location A to B and then not going empty from B to C, but rather some platform connects a new buyer and seller and ensures that that, you know, that transportation is always full. And so kind of detecting how many kilometers are being driven by full versus an empty uh, container because of the, the 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 tracking device we apply to it uh, those those kind of uh, um, yeah th reporting on that will be able to 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 uh, significantly uh, improve certain uh, use cases of our clients and make them more sustainable um, and 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 I think in terms of carbon um, you know uh, the output of let's say f or the fuel that's used by these vehicles, if we can reduce that, we can we can directly uh, correlate that to carbon emissions. And what do you think will be done with that data? Uh, obviously, you can use it for optimizing routes and hold yourself accountable. And anything else that can be done with that data? Uh, so you can actually, um, I mean, if you're looking more at the economic side, if you're somehow saving uh, uh, carbon emissions mm -hmm. uh, that has value as well. So uh, you know, in the form of let's say carbon credits mm -hmm. or so, uh, it can be used for that. Uh, on the other hand, um, we're actually using the data to show to other customers what the value is. So using data as a form of marketing um, is is very powerful as well. Yeah, I wonder as. Um, uh, Companies are being held to higher uh, sustainability standards, ESG standards, and as customers want to know more about the carbon footprint of the products, I think there's a future where getting these actuals can be ultimately be shared with consumers, especially consumers that have a shopping with mobile apps and uh, looking at electronic shelf labels that potentially can show more data. You can imagine looking at the carbon footprint of the products you have in the store. And uh, I, I know this has already been done. There's been experiments, but I think it's you know been very theoretical. What I'm talking about is showing actual carbon footprint to, uh, to buyers of products, which uh, 
um, can eventually roll up into their own carbon accounting. If you're a company, you have to measure your, what, you know, what they call scope three uh, emissions. Then, uh, yeah, I hope I, I'm I'm thinking where this is going is uh, pricing and taxation and all sorts of economic levers, lay, uh, levers that will drive uh, you know more efficiencies and reward people for uh, uh, you know doing the right thing. Yeah, I, I think also in terms of transparency, uh, if everyone in the chain has access to this type of data, um, then there will be no way around it. It really has to be seamless. Um, and uh, consumers, once they're informed, they're the most powerful. So um, if we can enable them to make better decisions, uh, then then everyone wins at the end of the day. So Oli, how did you get to do what you're you're doing what's your what's your story so uh i think uh yeah what uh, what definitely shaped me the most is growing up in uh, tanzania in east africa uh, oh so where are you at the moment I, i'm in hilversum in the netherlands so near amsterdam like right between utrecht and amsterdam um okay and uh yeah actually there's a an international school here in hilversum so i ended up you know, with my family moving to Hilversum because of that. And that's why the, uh, the company is also here. So uh, basically, uh, grew up in Tanzania, uh, lived there for about 14 years and uh, um, really got in touch with uh, uh, the, the, the concept of, of, of monitoring the weather. Uh, so uh, spent uh, quite some years as well, uh, you know, taking technology uh, for weather monitoring and, uh, and 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 doing installations across different African countries. And what so? What's the story behind that? Why why weather? What 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 captured your imagination? So I think um, you know, growing up, uh, we did a lot of outdoor sports, including sailing, um, mm-hmm. and also spent a lot of time in the outdoors, uh, going to different wildlife parks and such. And uh, uh, yeah, we we were requested to 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 kind of you know, do some weather monitoring on a few farms in Tanzania uh, because we were actually doing the same thing for our sailing activities at the the local sailing club. Um, And uh, that's how we, you know, we got involved with this type of technology. Uh, I've always been working together with my father since I was a kid. And what, what does your father do? What was he doing in Tanzania? So my father was actually stationed there by the Dutch government to help to install the, the, the country or connect the country to the internet for the first time. Oh, amazing. What a, what a, what a landmark thing to be doing. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> okay, so you're in Tanzania, you're monitoring the, 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 the weather um, and, and, and take us from there. So, um, yeah, basically... Due to uh, uh, wanting to go to university and uh, having better education here in the Netherlands, we decided to to move back as a family, and uh, we still had some connection there. And uh, while we were working on on those uh, weather monitoring projects on farms, um, we discovered that uh, you know this low power uh, Arduino based technology could really be used for uh, for replacing let's say linux type uh, you know high power computing systems for these types of weather monitoring stations and then mm-hmm. by making that move to to these low power low cost systems we discovered there was a whole world of you know demand for these type of applications so uh, actually my whole career i've been working with with hardware and with sensors um and uh 
we kind of branched off in two ways. So my father started to focus more on different types of applications, doing projects such as uh, water level and water quality monitoring, uh, while I continued on the path of weather monitoring. And uh, we actually joined forces again later uh, in in what is uh, Sodak today. So we, we work together very, uh, very closely. So you're, but you're the CEO, right? Yes. So now so you're I, your father's boss. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, we have managed now to set it up in a way that that actually uh, we, we don't work together directly anymore. Um, okay. Because, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, it's uh, nice to be able to also speak about other things than just uh, than just work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, wonderful. And so, um, how, I mean, you, you, how big is your company now? So we're with forty staff at the moment. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. How how did you get to start the the company? Was it uh, did you have to raise funds or what? What's what's the evolution to founding Sodak? So we uh, we actually started with a Kickstarter. So uh, ah. in the early days. Uh, we yeah with discovering uh, microcontrollers uh we we basically said uh, if we can connect a, a weather sensor with a solar panel and a communication module to the internet we could probably do that for many use cases and so uh, from the start we had this credo of sustainable iot um mm -hmm. and uh, doing things with uh, you know a, a solar energy harvesting and mm -hmm. uh we basically promoted on Kickstarter that with our development kit, anybody would be able to create their own solar-powered uh, solution. And uh, that got us started. Brilliant. Very good. Well, uh, it's come to the point in the show where I need to talk to you about music. Um, was it, uh, what was the process like for you coming up with your three songs? So, um, actually, I, I, I like a lot of different types of music. So I thought, uh, let me show a little bit of that very variety in, in what I like. Also, music has so many different meanings in my life. Um, mm -hmm. I think, for, for, first of all, I, uh, I, I, I would say the song Stairway to Heaven is, is one of the most meaningful songs in my life. Actually, my music teacher growing up uh, really, you know, showed me the, the beauty of the way it was composed and everything. But now I, mm -hmm. I actually have it as my alarm in the morning. And Many alarms tire me, but this song is probably never gonna gonna get old. Uh, so actually, it works really well in getting me charged up for the day. Uh, so that awesome. that was the first one. Uh, secondly, um, I uh, I grew up in East Africa, and the, you know the 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 hip hop scene there, and 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 listening to MTV growing up, really, uh, I I was a big fan of Notorious B.I.G. So the song "Juicy" by Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> it's a very soulful track, <laughs> but I love the the way he, he he raps as well. So that says more about my own you know musical taste. I like to make music as uh -huh. well. So uh, what do you play? Hip hop uh, is. So I I play the saxophone, and uh, and I and I sing and rap. So I'm actually uh, doing that uh, in sometimes in my evenings. Awesome. And then and then lastly, you know. Uh, Related to saxophone, there's a, a, an artist called Mr. Sax, and he has a song called No Man, No Cry. And uh, actually last, uh, uh, I think it was uh, last New Year's, uh, I was uh, staying over with some friends, and uh, we had a, a, a really fun night. And at some point I went to sleep, uh, but some of my friends didn't. 
And so the first song I heard in the morning while they were still going on after all those hours that I had actually slept was No Man No Cry by, by uh, Mr. Sachs. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that was definitely a, 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 a highlight musically. Awesome. Well, those are, those are, those are great choices. Thanks, uh, thanks Ollie. Ollie, thanks very much for introducing us to your company. Uh, and uh, let's continue the discussion after this about how we can collaborate. Thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to continuing our conversations. Very good. So that was Ollie. Uh, super interesting guy. I wanted to spend more time with him. I'm hoping that I get to travel to Netherlands and uh, get to meet him and hear some of his uh, rapping as well as uh, see some of the amazing uh, devices that his company are developing. I hope this has inspired you and uh, that you learned as much as I did in, in talking to him. Uh, thanks very much for, for sticking with us, for listening to the whole thing. Um, uh, there aren't many completer finishes out there, and so we appreciate that you're one of that elite group. Uh, do uh, rate us, comment, uh, share, help, uh, help the cause. Um, uh, this is pretty niche what we're doing, um, and um, so we need you to uh, spread the word. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.